Hi, welcome back to Learning to Talk, the podcast, the YouTube channel, The Empire. Mm. My name is Matt, Zach and Cam. Hello. Hey. How you doing? Good. All right. So uh, today we're going to be talking about comparing ourselves to others. But before we do that, Cam, Mm. Zach, mostly you, because I know you've had this before. I still don't know what you're doing. I wanted to uh, introduce your palate to something that Zach introduced me to actually not too long ago, Mm. which is interesting because when you introduced it to me, you didn't introduce it to yourself. It's true. At that time. A friend had just introduced it to me. But then you introduced it to me. Right. And left. Oh, yeah. Without introducing it to yourself at that moment. Can I preface this with how messed up my palate is right now? Oh, yeah. So this is going to be really fun. How do you do with vinegar? If it's salt and vinegar, my favorite chip is a salt and vinegar chip. It's not a salt and vinegar chip. But, Cam, this is a purely Canadian thing that has just started to creep into the States, I think. Now, we live in northern Vermont, so we're pretty close to Canada, so it makes sense that we can get these here. Don't get too excited, people. But it is a chip. And I'm not I'm a excited. big I'm not a big chip guy, but I like chips. I love chips. Chips are good. I will say, I hope it's nothing like a sun chip. <laughs> I had a sun chip the other day and it was the worst tasting thing. <laughs> I like a sun chip. I, like I sun love chips. some chips. No, just COVID screwed up my taste. Like Yeah, you've got COVID COVID mouth. Yeah, it's real bad right now. Too, so, so salt and vinegar is your favorite chip. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of chip? Ooh. Um I think like all time favorite t- Chip is a Cool Ranch Dorito. Mm. Oh, I love those. I hate Cool Ranch. Oh, they're the best. They're so much better than the original. Yeah. Is a Cheeto a chip? Mm. Let's not get into that. The uh, (laughs) my favorite chip right now. I'm super into Kettle Brands Peppercini flavored Mm. chip. It's fantastic. That's my favorite chip right now. Interesting. All time though, probably a Nacho Cheese Doritos up on that list. But anyway. Plain Pringle. It's hard to beat. Mm, I like a pizza dude. Pringle. Pringles are good. All right. Cam. Yeah. Have you ever heard of All Dressed? Who? All <laughs> Dressed. Yeah, this is a no. Canadian thing. All Dressed <laughs> Chips. There's this brand we have in our stores called Humpty Dumpty. Oh, it's $3 what? a bag. All Dressed Flavored Potato Chips. Zach introduced me to these recently. And I'm all in on all dressed. All dressed. Chips. So, so that's like the flavor is all is dressed. The, the it's flavor. every. I need to hang on. It's every flavor, Cam. Grab a couple. Well, You're gonna need a couple. The way. Sorry. I just walked. Thrilling podcast audio right here. <laughs> well, no, like the way my taste works is I need to eat a few to like. Yeah, eat get a the few. Taste of it. Mm-hmm. So all dressed. Is every it's literally every flavor of chip. It's on the bag on the picture. We've got barbecue. We got sour cream and onion. We got salt. We got pepper. We got vinegar. We got we got ketchup. Uh, what? It's every flavor. They're all dressed. All mm. of the dressing Can is I on eat them. It now? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I just wanted to. I'm gonna put these next to me. Okay. First reaction. Legit. I just wanted to introduce Hang you on. to something that I find uh, just to be just delightful. It's vinegary. It's barbecuey. Oh, it's sweet. It's sweet. It's salty. It's everything you want in a chip. That's pretty good, dude. Right? Even for my taste buds right now, that's saying a lot. My my six year old Joe Lord, he's the one who really brought him over to my house. 
couple months ago. My six-year-old son, Levi, he turned six yesterday, loves all dressed chips. That kid will house a bag of these like you've never seen before. I, I could eat a whole bag of these, probably. I'm also really hungry right now. They're very addicting. Mm. They are really good. And I bet you all love listening to us crunching <laughs> in our microphones. Oh, yeah, that's good. What is it that you like about them? It's like, I love barbecue, but I don't like barbecue chips. This is like a barbecue chip that isn't a barbecue chip. Does that make any yeah, sense? No, I, I hear you. I think it's the vinegar that give, it gives it like a little bit of... It intrigues it's like, the palate. I've always wanted to like barbecue chips. This would be, I would call this a barbecue chip that I really like. It's got a barbecue front end mm-hmm. and a vinegar back end. For what it is, being a chip. Eight two. Wow. Eight point two on a scale of ten. Mm-hmm. I'm up there in the eights probably with these. Yeah, I think I I'm I'm in like a seven just because I don't love the ripple. Unless I'm dipping, and I don't want to dip these. Oh, I like the ripple. So, mm. I'd much rather have a thinner chip. Your classic Lay's guy. Yeah, I mean, if if it's it's not if it's not a corn chip, if it's a potato chip, I want it to be thinner and crispier, or not, mm. you know, like airier than than the th- thicker cut ripple. Gotcha. Anyway, I could eat that whole bag, bro. Just wanted to share that with you. Wow, that's good. What do you give it? Uh, I I think eight two is a solid score. Mm-hmm. Eight two, I'm with you in that. That's also a very high score. Yeah, they're good. But it is very good. They're good. I, I could I could slam a bag of those <laughs> yeah. right now. They're good. So, um, last time we did a little tasty, you brought Reese's Fast Break, mm-hmm. and we were in the sevens on those, and now we're in the twos on the tr- snack that I brought. Eight twos. Hey, but so Zach, you got to blow it out it's, of the water. It's right. for what it is, right? Obviously, you can't compare the fast break bar to a chip. That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm going to do it in terms of not the thing itself, but the fact that I am better than you. <laughs> That's what I'm just saying. Are so, you comparing yourself to me? <laughs> I think I think I am. Well, if we're going to give credit where credit's due, thank you, Canada. <laughs> we're yeah, just going to skip like, right over yeah. Zach. <laughs> thank right. you, Canada. So yeah, Zach, the the mm, yeah. You're in an interesting position because you could either bring something that like could be a really high number, or you could come and prank us and give us like a one. Give us like a candied olive or something stupid. That be sounds like, oh, great, these are really good. <laughs> candied olive? That would be disgusting. <laughs> Why? O- I like candy and I disgusting. like olives. Oh, I don't like olives. <laughs> I like olives. Olives are useless. Just use salt. No, no, they're briny. It's good. All yeah. right, let's uh, uh, let's get out of this nonsense mode. Uh, enough chip talk. Oh, they're good though. They are good. Shoot. Do you guys ever compare yourself to others? That's what we're going to be talking about today. The comparing game. Do we compare ourselves to others? Who do we compare to? What does that do? How does it make us feel? So let's just go for it. Zach, Cam, do you ever compare yourself to others professionally, personally? Why are you looking at me like that? I figured you'd start. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, I definitely I, do. I do too. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I, I do. And it sucks. Yeah. 
Most of the time. You can. Because when you compare yourself to Ryan Gosling, mm. which I tend right. to do because he's the closest physical equivalent I can find to myself, you just fall short. A little bit. Yeah. Little and bit. Uh, You mean I don't look like The Rock? <laughs> I mean. I mean him or like yeah. twins. Yeah. So, uh, a couple more tattoos, you'll be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we all compare ourselves to others. Do you mm-hmm. guys call him The Rock or do you call him Dwayne Johnson? The Rock. Oh, The Rock. Okay. Yeah. I grew uh, up watching him wrestle. I didn't even watch him wrestle, yeah, but I, I still call him. The Rock. I learned that he wrestled. That's six months ago. <laughs> that's that's offensive to me. Yeah, that's so offensive to me. I thought he's just a dude from Moana my whole life. Um, <sighs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I hate this. Why do we have such a young guy? <laughs> he thinks Facebook's for old people, and he knew of The Rock from Moana. <laughs> I hate you so much. Oh, gosh. I'm yep. going to compare you, then, Cam, to my children, because they are... <laughs> they're what? They're six tiny. and seven? Yeah. Five and six? That's you. Something like that? <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's... Okay, I, I feel like we're already off the rails on this. <laughs> um, so we all compare ourselves to others. I think most of us do. That's a pretty natural human thing. Um, especially, I mean, we can do it with, you know, things like looks or, uh, you know, but I think a lot of us professionally or in terms of our hobbies and interests would compare ourselves to others and get caught up in the the comparing game where we look at someone else who might do what we do or is interested in the thing that we're interested in. And am I better? Am I worse? They're good at this. I'm no good. And we get, we get into that headspace all the time comparing ourselves to others. So uh, let me ask you guys, uh, who do you find yourself comparing yourself to? Who do you, who do you tend to compare yourself to? Is it other tech guys? Cam, is it dirt bike riders? Is it filmmakers? Is it everyone? Oh, it's filmmakers. Yeah. I don't compare myself to like dirt bike riders because I don't care. I don't race, whatever. doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> filmmakers all the time. There's some people that are just so good, like at a level that I will never reach. And they're just so good. And I'm, I, I always wonder, I'm like, what, like, what would I have to do to be that good? What do I do to be that good? Should I spend the time to try to be that good? Um, Man, like, yeah, man, just some people are so, so let me good. You know, Cam owns his own filmmaking business and company. You, you do a lot. You'd film commercials and you've done, I mean, you're, you're contracted with a professional dirt bike rider and you film the circuit that he motocross. And when you are comparing yourself to other filmmakers, is it like, like professional Hollywood directorial people? Or is it like people kind of in your zone and your world of where you're at. I mean, you're 22, you're doing lots of great things, but I mean, you're not directing like the new Dune movie, you know? Right. Like, so well, where are you at with that? I think a little bit of both. Like, yeah, like I look at something like Dune. I, I have no idea how I would, I don't know. I don't even know how you make a movie like that. Like I've just no, I have no idea how you do it. Uh, I think of one guy and I'm on a name drop. His name's Mike Overton. He is like the best filmmaker to come out of Vermont. I think born bred Vermonter. He's the best there ever was. He's a couple years older than me. He is like, he's like one of those filmmakers where you look at him and it's like, you can't learn how to do what he does. 
he was like he it's like he was born with this you know what i mean like there's no explanation how every shot can be so perfect other than he just has the eye for it you know what i mean and he's a narrative filmmaker which is not something i do but as a storyteller which is what i do i mean just most of the storytelling i do is in the promotional documentary space or documentary space. Basically, everything I do is a mini documentary. Even for AJ, even for YouTube, is a mini documentary. It's a documenting the day. But still, I look at, like, I would love to tell stories in a narrative way, but there's just no way I could do it like they do. Mm. It, it's just so good. I mean, I, but then again, it's like this constant battle. Like, when I compare myself to, I'm just going to, talk out loud of like keep going how i can compare myself to people it's like could i get there yeah maybe but it would take all of my time for 10 years let's say it's like well i'm not gonna do that and i always have to justify like where i'm at to be honest to myself where it's like something like filming a podcast a dude like mike overton is not gonna waste his time doing that right he's gonna sit down and write a masterpiece or maybe a bunch of not masterpieces until he gets to a masterpiece. I don't know. But I think I always have to remind myself that there, like one, there's a call in my life and two, like I am just passionate about people and telling people stories, telling stories in general, mostly people's stories really when I think about it. And then I can justify spending my time doing something like this. Because that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a $50 million production, but it is a good medium for what we're trying to do. And that's tell stories and that's tell people stories. And I always have to like, sometimes I just have to remind myself of that. And especially with the YouTube thing, like a lot of the time when, because most of my, for anybody <laughs> listening who doesn't know, especially since this will come out end of January, so I'll be at Supercross. But... I shoot the full Supercross circuit with a YouTuber and Supercross racer. I manage all of his content, all this stuff. And a lot of the vlogs we make are just kind of, I mean, they're for views. Like you just have to get, that is the business. I get paid if people click and watch on them. And sometimes you just have to make useless crap for people to click on it. And it's like, man, should I really be spending my time on stuff like that? Like, look at all the, the man, look at Peter Jackson doing you know, he's, I, I forget what he's making right now, but he's making really cool stuff and really good stuff. I could never get there doing this. And like, I just have to kind of like check myself every once in a while. But yeah, I'm always comparing myself to filmmakers for better or for worse. And some YouTube filmmakers, I'm like, man, if I like, how could I do that? If I had a little more time, could I do that? Um, yeah, I don't know. And so do you, I think, for better or for worse, it's probably both, right? So what do you find that there's some motivation that's positive in that comparison uh, alongside like yeah, I, I think so and and here's the reason why. Speaking specifically to filmmaking, I am a monkey see monkey do kind of guy. If I watch something done, I can usually go and do it. 
So yeah, like something I've been trying to do recently is watch more stuff that's done by really talented people because I can copy it easier, mm-hmm. which I know kind of sounds weird, but there's no original ideas. Just copy right. people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like learning. That's, I mean, yeah, exactly. And I do, I do that all the time. I, 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 anything in filmmaking, I have learned from watching something and then trying to go and do it. Whether, and sometimes it's actually funny. And sometimes I don't do that consciously. I remember in high school, I made a short film and I was so excited about it. It was like the best short film I had ever made. It was 20 minutes, which for a high school film is a long time. It was a horror film. It was scary. It was a, it was so, oh, it was so good. And it was almost line by line, a short film that I had watched like three years prior. (laughs) And my classmates were like, dude, this is blah, 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 whatever the name was. I was like, huh? And I went and watched it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd completely copied this thing. <laughs> like literally the same storyline. It was hilarious, but um, so better or for worse. But yeah, I think in some aspects it's good, but sometimes I'm like, man, like, am I spending my time the right way? Cause like, I'm not the best filmmaker. And I, and like, again, I don't think my goal is to be the best filmmaker, but sometimes I get in my own head where I'm like, should I be trying to be a better filmmaker? Should I be trying to do narrative stuff? Am I spending my time the right way? Like this, but that's the comparison part, right? Is like this person is here and I'm here. Should I be trying to be there? Like, and that's a genuine question because uh, there's benefits. I'm sure my business would get better if I got better, like whatever. But also would I be missing out on the opportunities and spending my time the way that I'm spending my time now and want to spend my time to do those things? I think that's that's what happens to me most often is it when I get into that mode of seeing other people and then comparing it brings up those questions of like the shoulds and should nots which can be helpful and can be paralyzing or you know like and and unhealthy to, I mean, most, there's some things that we should do. And then a lot of times we apply should to things that could or couldn't do. And, you know, it just depends on priorities and whatever. And like, I mean, for instance, like in a similar vein, like I lead worship all the time. Like that's, that's what I do for my job. And I am not on the normal level, if you look at other people and their skill levels on guitar, I'm not very good at guitar. Could I spend time teaching myself how to play guitar better? Yes. Do I get stuck in moments where I feel like I should and then like get down on myself because I'm not? Yes. Is that good? Probably not helpful. Um, and you know and, and it it comes down to priority is it is it is what i have are the skills and the tools in my toolbox like enough to accomplish the priorities and the goals that are set before me right now i think for now yes i mean there might be a point in my life where it, that the priorities shift and becoming a better guitarist is a, floats higher to the <laughs> priority list you know but 
I think it's it's that that space where it where we get caught where I get caught in my head thinking should I do this should I do this am, am I not doing what I'm supposed to be doing because I'm not doing XYZ um, that really becomes the helpful or unhelpful part of comparing yeah. for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. And like with comparing others and seeing people, you're like, Oh, I wish I could do that. or wish I was more like them, like playing guitar that can motivate you to sit right. and be like, let me, let me practice. Cause I want to, what that guy did with his you know fingers there. I want to, I want to move my fingers like that. And that takes practice. That can be yep. motivating, but it could also lead you in that place of like, I'll never be as good as him. So what's the point? Right. You know, and, and that's the other side of that coin. Um, Cam, was there a, a filmmaker or a movie that made you want to make movies in the first place or start being a filmmaker mm. that like triggered that, that first moment where you're like, I want to do that, what that person did. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't really think, think so in that sense of like it wasn't like that's not why I started film I started filmmaking because of skateboarding however um oh no I think I just lost that example <laughs> I had a really good place to go with that um oh, oh yeah skateboarding okay so there's a filmmaker named Ty Evans who he is the skateboarding filmmaker He's the guy. He, I mean, he is the guy for a good reason. He's the best. I saw him and I was like, I want to be that in moto. And right now there is a guy in moto who is the guy. He's way more talented than I am. (laughs) So like, so that's another big comparison thing, I guess, but we're in two different realms. Like we do very different things. Um, what was the question? (laughs) Is there a guy that made you want to do it? Like in the okay. init- in the first right. place where that like triggered you? I think there's a guy who wanted to m- make me do it differently. Okay. I suppose. In my very small realm of filmmaking. For instance, like, yeah, I saw this guy, Tev- Ty Evans, and I'm like, I want to do that with what I do. Like, I want to do the type, the style of filmmaking that he does in this sport, basically. Mm-hmm. But... But yeah, I mean, the reason I started filmmaking was because of skateboarding. I, I just kind of fell into it. But it wasn't like seeing a, a piece of a work or something and saying, oh, that's what I want. I mean, dude, I was in fifth grade. How old are you in fifth grade? <laughs> it was because we wanted to like, just wanted to mess show the world how cool we were with yeah, skateboarding. Yeah. But like, but that's what I'm saying. Like now, like, yeah, a little bit. Like I'll see something and see a piece of something that does that people do or a shot or um, something they do with light or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. But you know, those so, are small defining moments. So your, your big experience with comparison isn't necessarily like, am I good enough? It's like, Ooh, how can I do that? Like, how can I add that to my repertoire and, and use this person's well, skill that they've now shown and sort of add that into my, yeah, I think mostly it's inspirational meaning like another guy I'm dropping a bunch of names that nobody cares about. Drop the name. Yeah. Rupert Walker. Unbelievable filmmaker. Oh, Rupi Rupi. Uh, he's, he, yeah. So he, he's the guy in, I don't know who that is. He's the guy in mountain biking. Right. <clears throat> like I kind of follow the guys in each thing. 
Because selfishly, I'd love to be the guy at Moto. I think that'd be awesome. And kind of pull from these people. But yeah, Rupert Walker is super good. Um, for him, I use him as inspiration because his stuff is just so good. I would love to make stuff that, that is that good. Um, I think, honestly, it's when I get caught up, as I said earlier, I think it's when I get caught up with people who do things in film that I don't do where I start to question whether or not I'm doing the right thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm a filmmaker. Should I be making movies? That's a very real question that I ask myself all the time. Mm. Like, am I capable of making movies? Like I'm a filmmaker. I call myself a filmmaker. I'm the director air quotes. Am I going to, am I a director if I don't direct a movie? Anyway. And does that like, but there's no way I'm good enough to do that. So that's where it gets. <laughs> well, don't you know. say that you could be that, but like did yeah, when, but when, you know, it's like, so when you get to that point of the should, does that hurt? Is it like recognizing your own limitations and then being like, Oh, I'm not the, the man all the time or, well, or that's that- the thing. I think, I think at first, yeah, I'm like, man, like I could be so much better if, right? But honestly, I think for me, the idea of like, oh, I want to make a Hollywood, I like not a Hollywood, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't do it in Hollywood, but like, oh, I would love to make a feature film or, or make like a really good, like, like for instance, Get Out, the movie Get Out, very small budget, like a couple hundred grand, I think very achievable movie to make and i was like i could probably do that maybe not obviously i couldn't make it out but something like that i'm like man should i do something like that but i think honestly when i start to think about that and i kind of like check myself i'm like i think there's a lot of like selfish ambition there when it comes to wanting to be like other people like if i look at like someone like mike overton so good in narrative stuff I think I would want that because of my own, like how people would look at me as a filmmaker, not so much of my own desire necessarily to tell stories. Yeah. Hold on to that thought. Cause I like where you're going with that. I'm going to, cause I think it. we're going to no the self ambition, selfish okay. ambition and how people see you versus how you achieve something yourself. Okay. Cause I think we're going to get back to that in a minute. Zach, you mentioned comparing yourself guitar and all that. Yeah. Do you, who do you who do you tend to compare yourself to? Yeah, I mean I think I can think of like I can remember this moment years ago. I'll start with this and then come to more of a where I'm at now, but I can remember when I turned twenty five I had this moment of like deafening comparison to my dad where I was like because at 25 my dad had you know like three kids was pastoring a church had graduated seminary like like all this stuff right and I was at 25 back in college living in my parents basement single <laughs> so, Living the dream, like, baby. um and i turned 25 and like i had this it was it was not a positive comparison 
Um, it was like, I've accomplished nothing. I, what am I, I mean, I don't compare at all. Um, and eventually that was fine. Cause I figured out that I was right where I was supposed to be. But, um, so I feel like that's like a moment in my life where I remember like a really clear, like apples to apples comparison. I was like, Oh man, this is not good. Um, what am I doing with my life? Um, that just wasn't helpful. Uh, and as I can, as I've continued, like even now, like I was talking about, like I look at some of the guys that I'm rubbing shoulders with here, even that are, you know, just better at this aspect of what I do. Mostly it's like guitar playing and, you know, and, and that's, I, I do often get into that same, like, is that, is that what I should be spending my time doing? Like, should I be able to play more than seven chords? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I mean, am I a fake? Like, because mm-hmm. I've gotten, I can make it look like I can do a lot, but I just don't, you know? Um, and I think that aspect of comparing for me is just, it's actually just, it's, there's very little redeeming qualities. It doesn't like motivate me to be better in quiet Siri. Um, it doesn't motivate me to be better. Uh, cause it just like throws me into this, like, Oh, well, I didn't cause it's more regret. Cause now it's like, I didn't spend the time when I did have the time to do that. Um, but I think, the other comparing that I do day to day is is more of the looking at how other people are well I'll say it this way. Like I I don't listen to worship music very often, which is it gets hard because then I have to be really intentional to like learn new stuff and hear new stuff. But, but I will, anytime I hear a real person like that, I know, or like in person do a song that I've never heard before. I almost always will learn that song and do it, (laughs) you know? Um, and so there's like, that's, I don't know if that's comparing, but it's like this, I see other people do things and think, Oh, I could do that. Let you know. It's um, very much like what Cam was saying, yeah. with filmmaking, yeah, right? Just in the I mean, music that's, world. and that's partly just a learning style. I think so that's how I. I mean, that's how I learned to play drums when I was yeah. ten years old. I sat mm-hmm. in church every Sunday and watched the drummer play, and then one day sat down and played. Yep. You know, like, just, like I didn't take lessons. I just watched, figured it like made it make sense in here, and then. It came out, you know, yep. um, and so that that is a lot of how I it's a learning style, um, but it falls into that comparing type space. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Yeah, good question. <laughs> I mean, uh, I very much am always comparing myself to other preachers, 
because that's a big part of what I do, mm-hmm. right? As a pastor and and uh, as I preach, and preaching so funny because it's, you know, you're you're not in theory, or at least how I want to approach it is you're not. It's not about me. It's about God's word and just like helping reveal that. But it's so all eyes on you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're on the one on stage, you're talking and it's all like your creativity, your presence, your ability to make things understandable and, and how you speak. So like I, <clears throat> I, I very much compare myself to other preachers and preachers of all different levels. Almost anytime I hear someone speak, I'm comparing myself to them. Yeah. And most of the time, because I'm me, it's <laughs> judging. Yeah. Oh, he didn't say that right. I would have said it this way. That's not correct. This is actually correct. And that's what's going through my head when I hear a lot of sermons is like, how would I have said that? And how would I have said that better? So there's like a lot of judging on one hand. But uh, that is just insecurity because I like... Cam mentioned a minute ago about just like, what were you saying? Selfish ambition. And it's more about me wanting to be recognized as better than like doing justice to God's word, which is not good, especially when you're doing something like, like expositing God's word, you know? (laughs) And um, like, that's the opposite of the point of it. And uh, so that's just like on that very base human level, that's what happens. But there are preachers I'll listen to and I'll just be like, I like, I I don't listen to him all the time. And I don't, I'm not, I don't even necessarily know if his style is how like we're so different, but like a guy like Craig Groeschel, if you know, Craig Groeschel, pastor of um, life church, right? Is that it? I actually don't know. I forget that. Yeah. Anyway, he's a, the dude's all over, like his church invented the Bible app. Like okay. they they were the first church to be like broadcast on the internet. He has a giant podcast. Yeah. It's like the leadership podcast. Yeah, And like uh, yeah. Craig Rochelle is just like millions of eyes, millions of views, millions of listens. And I listen to him and I'm like, the way he does things is so intentionally geared in certain ways to like the real or the, in the Instagram post, the 30 second clip you can take out of the sermon and it's there. And I'm like, man, I want to be able to do that. Like you guys are saying with music songs mm-hmm. or filmmaking, it's like, I want to add that skill to my repertoire of preaching Yeah, is having like those clippable moments and not about me, but where, where like it can be on multi-platforms and the message can go out and certain, you know, and more easily than over a 30 minute, 40 minute sermon. So there's guys like that or Tim Keller, you know, who I, I, I respect tremendously and just his intelligence and, how he communicates, but it's, it's with people that are more accessible to me that I really come into real like trouble with. So like those guys, the big preachers, like they're on another level and they just are what they are. Right. And there's good and bad to that. But then it's the people like in other local churches or guys, my age or people I went to school with where I get into the comparison thing, or especially people I see at my age who are having more, we'll call it success with where they're at, maybe they're leading a church. You know, I'm not, I'm an associate pastor. And I think like, oh, I could do what they're doing better. And that goes through my head. So like when I compare, it's more about my insecurity and wanting to point out their flaws to make myself feel better. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
which sucks because that's ter- that's a crappy thing to do. Yeah, and I think we, I mean I think to whatever degree we all do that, right? And it's I mean, or at least I do. I mean, I I, I can remember when no name drop when Corey Asbury was like this like intern leading worship in the you know in Kansas City when we were there and then I look like he's like wrote Reckless Love and is recording like <laughs> mm-hmm. with whatever her name is Tori what's oh anyway. I, don't, I don't know her yeah, name like, yeah, what, uh, yeah Tori Kelly Tori Kelly yeah you know and I'm like oh man that's pretty awesome like I think that guy you know, you know? I think, yeah like that guy I, like I I remember it's him. not even a good song. No. <laughs> like, Let me point out all the theological problems in that song. I was like, oh man, like really? And and then I've got like thirty listeners on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Like for me, I don't know. Like if it's a if it's me, like justifying to myself why I'm in the position I'm in. Not that I'm in a bad position. I'm in a great position. I love what I do. I love where I'm at. But like. They've, you know, I just so often think like, oh, these people have surpassed me. Why am I judging them? Like they, they're great and I'm good the way I, you know, God's made me this way. They've, God's made them that way. Why am I comparing myself to them? We're different people. Right. You know, but it's because we do a similar thing or the same thing that something in me triggers to, to want to think I'm better. Oh, dude. Just have a better view of myself. You actually just reminded me of something. So something that I'm trying to do so badly right now is build my YouTube following. And like, it's the most conceited thing I could possibly do with my time is make videos about myself of myself and hope that people watch them. But that's what I do. Um, and like, there's a, there's a business strategy in there that we could talk about or not. But I look at some other filmmaker or other YouTubers, for instance, like moto YouTubers or whatever. And I'm like, I do all the right things where it's like I upload twice a week. That's a lot, by the way. Mm-hmm. I do two videos a week. They're decent videos. Like I feel good about them, all this stuff. And man, I was growing so rapidly at one point and I've just plateaued all summer and I'm just like, what's going on? I'm doing all the things that everybody else is doing, if not more, you yeah. know? And it's like, what is it? Especially with YouTube, because YouTube is so brutal in so many ways, <laughs> but it's like, you know, I hit this plateau and people stop like I lost like half my viewership over the summer. And I was like, is it just because of me? Mm. Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, am I not likable enough? Mm. Am I like, Oh, that's the worst. YouTube's the worst dude. <laughs> like anyway, you just reminded yeah, me of that. No, Cause I mean, that's a very real thing that, that I'm doing is real. right now. Yeah. And that's, re- that's super real. And it like magnifies. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, I, and like I, and this is terrible for me to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like there's some YouTubers that I've met that are terrible people <laughs> and have massive followings. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm not as big of a jerk as they are. I mean, maybe <laughs> I am for saying that, but like, you know what I mean? it's like, I, I don't know. It's a bummer. Yeah. It's yeah. A bummer. Yeah. And I think, I mean, what are we saying here? Is it like, is comparing inherently bad or is it, what we do with those moments that can be negative or positive. Yeah. Again, I don't, 
I don't know. I think it's, we're all different. We're all, our brains are wired different. Like for me, uh, my comparison often, it's an insecurity that manifests as judgment. And Jesus says stuff about judging, you know, like don't do it, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So for me, getting into comparing is a judgment game. I mean, really it's my own insecurity manifesting itself, but it's, it, it, it's judging and you know, it, it becomes very much about trying to prop myself up rather than living humbly. And that's not good. Yeah. You know, and that makes me feel bad. Like I don't feel good judging them. I feel, I feel insecure when I'm in that comparing place and judging. So like, I know from just the way my, in a very, again, on my base wiring, comparing for me is not good. Yeah. It is good. It is good. in in when I can, like incorporate new ideas or techniques or learn, but that is, that's a very small sliver of the pie. Yeah. And and it's mostly rooted in, in what I think the insecurities is, and it's a, which is our identity issues, right? Like we don't mm-hmm. like, and that's where we, that's where comparing and, and identity like get, cross is is like instead of finding our identity in who we are and who God's created us to be and what he's it's we 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 let our focus shift to well what about them what why aren't, why aren't I like them how, how how do I get more like, you know and instead of yeah of really rooting our identity in reminds me of who he says we what are. you're saying reminds me of the end of the book of John. It was chapter 21, 22. I don't I forget if it's 21 or 22. It's remember. the last chapter. And Peter and the disciple Jesus love, we'll call it John are there with Jesus. And, um, Jesus says something to Peter, like, oh, shoot, I can't exactly remember, but Peter's like, well, what about John? Right. right? And Je- yeah. Peter, Jesus is like, don't worry about him. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. a, you know, and, uh, it's just like reminding what you're saying, just reminding me of that, of like, like God's ordained and, and uh, each of our lives and called us differently and equipped us and gifted us differently. You know, for us in ministry, the lines are so messy because it is like skill, but it's also God's gift to us. And we want to steward that well, but it's also, again, like with preaching, it's all eyes on you when you're up on stage and like, that's hard to separate sometimes mm-hmm. or, or not separate from like, uh, you know, God's calling and equipping with my ability and skill in that, you know? So I don't know. It's just, it's just messy and it sucks to be in that space in a ministry setting, comparing yourself to others with how good am I at talking about God's word when God's word doesn't really need me to talk about it. But he said, Hey, go talk about this because it's going to help other people. You know, yeah, I think I'd do it a very different way than he does, but that's why he's in charge. Yeah, yeah, he's just, <laughs> I wouldn't involve us <laughs> <Yeah>. very often. <laughs> I'd just yeah, do yeah. it myself for if sure. I was him, but for sure, yeah, that's why he's in charge, not me. Yeah, I, I, there's good and bad. I know. Again, for me, it's more bad than good, but there can be there can be good in it. Um, yeah, 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 and I just wonder, like. I just had a thought while you were saying all that. It's just like, you know, if we do, this this is profound. You ready for this? (laughs) If we do what the Bible says (laughs) in that, yeah, don't worry about 
John or whoever. I bet you we like, of course, you're going to get to a much better place by just doing that because that's, right. that's the way in which we're supposed to do things. Yeah. Anyway, I just had a, just a world rocking moment there. <laughs> coming up with that yeah. no it is it's, it's so it's, obvious it's, well, but it's, like, yeah. it's the simple things that are not always the easiest things right simple and easy are sometimes worlds apart but but the simplest things of we resting in the gifts the lord's given us the skills he's given us the the calling that he's put on our lives, the priorities that he's set for us in what we're to do day to day and the setting that he set us in, in like Northern Vermont, far away from like basically in Canada, you know, mm-hmm. with very little opportunity to like grow, you know, like into this like empire that you think you want, you know, like the rest of the country calls success or the world, you know, like just, we don't, this is where he has us. This is, this is who he says we are. This is like for right now. And, and we, if we can find, if we can remember and rest in that, then I think you're right. Like that's, that's how we really grow. Are there any techniques or methods that we could use to help with the, you know, the comparing thing? Is it simply just like, don't do it? Or are there some some ways that we can try to not engage in that as unhealthily or at all? I mean, we're set up for failure. <laughs> if we're going to say, oh, let's try not to engage in that. The whole world has become a comparison game. Everything that we're like, everything that's put in front of us, period is meant for you to compare to somebody or something. And I know we just talked about this in the last podcast, but it's like you can't go on Instagram without comparing yourself to somebody. And that's maybe less my, like that's probably subconscious. I mean, you, the three of us don't even realize when it's happening, you know, like for instance, I'll probably see a, a photo that some random person that I've never seen or met ever has taken of like a sunset I'm like, oh, wow, that's a really great photo. Is that appreciation for the photo or is that me telling myself like, oh, it's a better photo than I could take? I don't know in that moment. That's probably a subconscious deal. Like, so yeah, to answer your question, I have no freaking idea like <laughs> what we do I mean, about I, I, that. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're, what you said, the most profound thing you said there in the beginning was we're bound for failure if the, Focus is not doing it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing we can do to to save ourselves from more comparison, detrimental comparison, is spend our time focusing on what th- the Lord says about us. You know, like spend our time reading the the word with a with the filter of this is how he sees me this is how you know like so it's i think it is like 
I think that's true in in all things, right? Like it's like that's where holiness gets distorted is when we when when we focus on the what we have to not do to be holy, then we then it becomes this like then we end up doing the things that we don't want to do and not doing the things we want to do and focusing on the the list versus fixing our eyes on the holy one and becoming like him because we're beholding him. Yeah. It's it's the same concept. It's like this as soon as you focus on not doing something, you're you bound to do it more as if you just focus on the thing that you want to be. And if we, if we want to find our identity in him, then we focus on him and what he says about us. Yeah. Not, not comparing ourselves to people around us. No, that's so true. Cause that's in ministry. I mean, in life, but especially as people in ministry, like that's the central thing, right? It's it, like ministry doesn't start with doing ministry. It starts with like Jesus. And right. like, if we're not there, personally all the time then we are very easily going to wind up lost yeah i'll it's, offer one oh sorry go on no I, go. Just, I mean i just wrapped that what i was just saying up with there's a guy who calls it the beholding and becoming principle i think he calls it is we become what we behold so so what you're gonna say yeah i was just gonna offer one practical thing as as you were talking that popped into my brain. It's something I've done before. I can't exactly remember in different contexts, but um, just when you get into the comparing game, like as a practical step, when you find yourself there, like looking at a person or their skill, like rather than getting in the, for me, especially that judgment zone, like pray for that person Mm -hmm. and not just for them, but for their success and their continued success. You know, that's, I think that could be a really powerful tool when you get into the comparing thing of, Rather than saying, am I good enough? Are they better than me? I'll never be that good. Pray for that person's ongoing success and what they're doing, especially if it is ministry. Like, mm-hmm. God, you're using them. Continue to use them and increase their their ability to, like, speak your truth in their platforms or whatever it is. Like, that will, I think, I've seen it happen again, like, in other, like, forgiveness or other things, mm-hmm. uh, create a sense of partnership rather than competition in your own mind That's as good. you get into that comparing thing it's really good so that's what i'll i'll finish up with i think it's a good place to wrap up all right uh any final thoughts from you two i just want those chips yeah we're gonna crush the rest of those all All right right now all right friends uh thanks for joining us today for uh the learning to talk podcast I don't know why I said it like that. was stupid. <laughs> it was wonderful. We appreciate you being here and joining us and uh yeah drop us a note send us a dm uh, you can also reach out to us at contact at learning how to walk dot com. Uh, that will Cam will read that, and uh, if it's negative, just delete it. But if it's positive, <laughs> he'll share it with me, and I will delete it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us. Follow us on Instagram at Learn to Talk Podcast, and we will see you next time when we are going to talk about something else. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but see you then. Bye. Learning to Talk podcast was produced by 6-5 Films in Burlington, Vermont. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you find us on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. And like, comment, subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at Learn to Talk podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon.